You've heard of Stonehenge. Have you heard of Stonehenge Aotearoa? It's in Carterton. Now, the original Stonehenge is a prehistoric monument. They reckon it was built somewhere between 3000 and 2000 BC. Gosh, is it that old? Uh, the stone circles pointed towards the summer solstice, and researchers think it was maybe an astronomical observatory or a religious site. What about the New Zealand version, though? To explain that one to us, Richard Hall is the founder of Stonehenge Aotearoa. Hi, Richard. Hello there. How are you going? Good, thank you. We're going back to 2005, not quite as far back as 2000 BC, but still, what is your origin story for Stonehenge Aotearoa? Well, yeah, yeah. it's because I, I used to work at Carter Observatory in Wellington, and we used to run a series of courses and uh, found that people were absolutely fascinated with stone circles and pyramids. So we always said that if we ever have the opportunity, one, way, one day we should build one, but a working one, so people come out and see how these ancient technologies work. Yeah. So in a sense, a stone circle is like a stone computer. Yeah. Now, also, yeah. okay. uh, you go ahead, yes, continue. Yeah, well, um, because I think because we live in a world of technology with information at our fingertips, we tend to forget what it would be like if you didn't have that information. I often say to people who come out to Stonehenge, there are no roads and no maps. Would you know how to get to Auckland from here? Uh-huh. And suddenly they realise, no, I wouldn't. I said, if you, if you hadn't seen a calendar, would you know what month you were in? Mm-hmm. But you see, for our ancestors, this knowledge was a matter of life and death because if you sailed at the wrong time, you never came back. If you planted your seeds at the wrong time, there's a good chance your crop would fail. There was no one to bail you out in those days. And what we find is these st- all this information is locked into these stone circles, which we now know were the founding points of civilization. Does it give you respect for the intelligence of those um, those people, you know, five thousand years ago that they could create something like this to achieve those goals of, of working at what time of year it was and, and where they were in the world? Oh, absolutely. And I think, but you always got to remember if they weren't that clever. Well, we wouldn't be here today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so how about yours then? The original, I've got a stat here that says uh, the Stonehenge stones are about four metres high, the tallest one more like nine metres high. Um, how big is your Stonehenge, Stonehenge Aotearoa? Yeah, the, the diameter is roughly the same. Oh, yeah. As the one that's in Britain, Okay. Uh, but there the resemblance ends because if you actually want your stone circle to work rather than just be a big garden ornament, hmm. it has to be designed for your specific spot on the earth. Got it. And that's why every one of these stone circles you find around the world is unique. So how tall is your one? Well, uh, the, t- the tallest things are be about five, five metres high, you know. But most of the stones rise up about three or four metres, yeah. Oh, that's decent size. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a decent size, yeah. When you were putting it together, did that give you new respects for the people who put together the original Stonehenge back in those days? You you tend to discover that as well. I mean, Stonehenge here in in, uh, Carterton region was built by a team of people who came from all over New Zealand. And it was all done on working bees on weekends. Some people were travel as far away as the Hawke's Bay every weekend to be here. Mm. And it became a challenge. How, did, how would you build this? How did you do that? 
And after a while, you could see exactly the same sort of problems and challenges that our ancestors would have gone through. Yeah. And the, we, we started off, of course, with our surveyors. And they said, oh, boy, this is, this is real surveying, not trying to find somebody's lost garden post or something like that. They'd work out exactly where we were on the earth, and then they could use the horizon to work out where things were going to rise and set. And just like the ancestors in the ancient world, they would have, the original stone circles or the site, the circle itself, would have been made out of wood, timber. Right? And then with the passage of time, they replaced the... Mm. With stones, yeah, that's what we have. We now know. I hoped you used modern equipment, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We we had we had cranes where we needed them. Yeah, but, good. But what you did need is also, of course, there's pe- lots of people with um, lots of enthusiasm, and I think <laughs> that would have happened as well. We now know that these ancient stone circles were a meeting place of different tribes. And because people were meeting there, they're all built by hunter-gatherers, as far as we can tell. But because people were meeting there, after a while, people began to settle around them, and that gave rise to the first villages. So, for example, you, you, you might have a sister, right? And she maybe went off and married, doesn't marry in those days, but went off with a guy in another uh, tribe. The only time you see your sister again is when they all came to meet once again at that stone circle, mm-hmm. which, they, of course, they did at the solstices and the equinoxes. Has that happened with your Stonehenge? Has it become a place that people gravitate towards or, or, or hold events at? Yes, yeah. They have. The interesting thing is because it goes back so far in time, it's common to just about every culture. It doesn't matter where you come from or religions and so on and so forth. So the answer is yes. We have people from all different cultures and occasions come out here. Yeah. How did they get those big... Uh, stones into place in the original Stonehenge, Richard? Well, of course, we, we, we don't know for certain because you've got to remember all of this all occurs before the time of the written word. Yeah. But how, how we've worked it out, or most scientists have worked it out, is how would you do that today if you didn't have cranes and you didn't have this, and how would you do it? And yeah, you, if you've got manpower and things like that, yes, you know how to do it. And they've actually tried it out back in Britain of getting a big stone yeah. and then putting on a sledge, right? Rollers don't work, it's a sledge's work. And then just by sheer numbers of men, um, plus cattle and that pulling and so on, they could haul these things up. And then they, yeah. And then actually, we've got a, a chart in the, here at Stonehenge which shows you how we think they built Stonehenge mm. in prison. How did you get your Stonehenge Aotearoa funded? Excuse <coughs> me. Uh, yeah, well, that came from the, the Royal Society. Um, so uh, it had a year where they had a fund of money available for projects which would involve the ordinary person in knowledge and learning. So we put forward this idea of building this stone circle. Uh, so the Royal Society put up the money, right? and then in turn the, uh, the labour came from astronomical societies and so on. Yeah. What is your hope? Stonehenge Aotearoa in the coming years and decades and centuries? Well, it's, it's to continue what it's doing now, is, as I said, is a, a learning place for people. Uh, we, we discuss everything out here from uh, ancient histories to looking at the origins of religions and belief systems and so on. Uh, I guess if people know anything, for example, about the stars, it's their their birth sign. Mm. And I'll tell you what, when people come out here and they discover they're not the star sign they thought they were, it's in the newspaper, 
And they're absolutely glued to it because we've got this big thing called an obelisk. And as the sun comes over, it drops a shadow on the ground, which shows you the length of the day because the length of the day varies all the time. That's why we have mean time, which is the average length of the day. But it also shows you where the sun is amongst the stars yeah. and your zodiacal sign. So, yeah, we spend a lot of time talking about it and actually ended up by having to write books about the Zodiac because there's so many questions on it. So, yeah, it's all those pieces of our culture and history that come to light. So, you're, Richard, you're 95% astronomy, 5% astrology. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got, to, you've got to remember, you see, what they did, our ancients discovered was this, right? I always point out to people who look at the signs of the Zodiac, right? Um, and... If you go out at night and you try and pick out these constellations, they appear to bear very little resemblance to the figure. In other words, you've got to use a lot of imagination to yeah. bear or whatever it is. There's a good reason for that. As ancient constellations were not na- named because they look like something, they were named for their symbolism. Oh, yeah. So Aquarius, for example, is so-called, not because it looks like a man pouring water out of an earth, yeah. but when those stars rose up in the dawn 5,000 years ago, it held the onset of the rainy season. God was about to pour water down on the earth. Leo the lion was so called because when those stars rose up in the dawn 5,000 years ago, along the Nile Valley, it marked the hottest time of the year. And the lions would begin to come in from the wilderness and would prey upon the domestic flocks. It was a warning, the lions are coming. So you had all of this ancient symbolism there. And for our ancestors, it was believed it was the stars themselves which were causing these things to occur. Mm. And so that extent that eventually got extended from the actual things we were observing to um, it controlling you and I, even you know, yeah. Before you leave us, what's the pitch? Why should people come and check out Stonehenge Aotearoa? Um, just to discover their like, that ancient history of our people and uh, another side of people, the human race, and where those different cultures are rose from. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. Good stuff. Nice to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time today. You're very welcome. Okay, then. I've been talking to the founder of Stonehenge Aotearoa, Richard Halls in Carterton. Uh, and it's pretty decent size as well, worth popping in for a look if you're in the Wairarapa.